You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Update on Tuesday the 6th of April. I'm Paul Ward from the Customer Treasury Unit and I'm joined this week by AIB Senior Economist John Faddy. Good morning, John. Morning, Paul. I hope you good Easter break. Um, the US payroll started release last Friday, John, came in, came in stronger than expected. You might just talk us through the figure, please. Yeah, so the headline figure was a good deal stronger than expected. So we had 916,000 job gains in the month of March. Expectation was for uh, 600, around 650,000, uh, so a good bit stronger than that. We also saw the February number revised higher from uh, just under 380,000 to around 468,000. So strong number in the US in terms of labor market growth. Now, at the same time, you have to view it in the context that uh, despite that strong number, we're still roughly in the region of around eight and a half million below where we were before the pandemic hit. So there still is uh, some degree to go before the US uh, labor market uh, in terms of job numbers and people at work is back to where we were before the crisis hit, uh, but a strong number. And what you're likely to see actually as we move into the second quarter is even stronger numbers. Because if you think what's happening in the US, US economy uh, and various states there are now starting to uh, reopen. So we would expect strong number right through quarter two in terms of just continued jobs growth uh, as, as as things get back to some level of normality there, you know. John, you're saying though, there's a fair bit of slack though, is there in the labour market in the US? Yeah, so, th- so that's one thing I suppose that we're keeping an eye on. And it's it's one thing too that the Fed, the US Federal Reserve, is obviously paying close attention to because a lot of a lot of the talk out there at the moment in economics and market circles is all around, well, are, are, is, is there inflation risk going forward? And what the Fed has said that, okay, you may get a short-term spike higher in inflation, but it's likely to prove what they say transitory, that it will be short-term uh, and that because of how much slack there is in the labor market, as you termed it, you know, any sort of upward move in inflation will Will, will ease back again. But you could see uh, inflation spike higher just because of, you know, as things reopen and, you know, pent up demand pushes prices higher in the short term. Can I ask you though, John, like is the market's view on inflation in the US different to the Fed's view? Yeah, so well, the market's view, what you can, the way you can kind of decipher in terms of what the market's view, there's a couple of different ways you can look at. You can look at the, you know, inflation expectations, uh, how they're priced in, but also you can look at what rate expectations are. And what you have seen in the last couple of weeks is a hardening in US rate hike expectations. So when we were talking back in early January, you know, the market was pricing in in terms of where futures contracts were, the first rate hike in the US, not till the second half of 2023. If you look at futures contracts now, uh, they're pricing in the first rate hike around the third quarter of 2022. So, you know, rate expectations have, have tightened in by about a full 12 months in the US. So the market does think that there'll be strong economic growth in the US uh, and on the back of that, uh, stronger inflation and the Fed will need to increase interest rates. The Fed themselves have said, no, that's not going to be the case. Uh, we think it's going to prove temporary and that inflation expectations uh, won't rise. So the last kind of detail we got from the Fed was a few weeks ago, and I think we talked about it in one of the podcasts there, dot plot the interest rate projections and the median number of uh, FOMC members see no rate hikes through to the end of 2023. So there is a divergence in opinion between what the Fed is saying and what the market expects will happen. Now, that's not unusual. And obviously what tends to happen is it, the reality ends up somewhere uh, between where the two expectations are on that, you know. And then uh, look, I think importantly then from the customer perspective, John, what does this mean for the currency pair in terms of euro dollar? 
yeah, so th- that's really the key thing. You can kind of decipher data and talk about it, but what's the relevant read across in terms of the key currency pairs? Uh, and really where this plays out is uh, we talked there about the strong payroll number in the US. What you're likely to see as we move through quarter two is a divergence in data performance between the US and the Eurozone. And this is where it's it's playing into currency. At the, and we're seeing it at the moment because it all comes down to what's the news flow in the US in relation to COVID. It's about easing of restrictions, uh, successful vaccine rollout. What's the news flow in the Eurozone? It's about reimposition of restrictions, France going back into a national lockdown uh, and still big issues with the vaccine rollout. So uh, the tone of the uh, sentiment around uh, COVID is much more negative in the Eurozone. The news flow is still more negative, uh, whereas it's more positive in the US. And it's all about the vaccine rollout because that allows you to open up your economy. So given that the Eurozone is likely to be lagging behind uh, the opening up of the economy, we're already seeing where that's playing into a headwind for the Euro. So, you know, we saw last week uh, Euro dollar test below the 118 level. Okay, it kind of started this week back up close to it, uh, but it's still well down from the levels it was at the beginning of March. And if you look at Euro sterling, uh, we're testing that 85p level. So it's just indicative of, you know, the more challenging backdrop of the euro because of the what's the COVID vaccine rollout picture in the eurozone. I, I wonder one thing, John, because I was going to ask you just about the performance of sterling. And, and I've been right in saying this going over the last year or so. At times when the market was more risk on, it's probably the euro that's probably done better uh, vis-a-vis versus the dollar and sterling. So is that potentially something that will support the euro, though, as we go into the next couple of quarters? The, the appetite for risk on. Yeah, so you have to look at it from both sides, I suppose. As you say there, sterling last year, if you think back to February last year, you know, sterling was the most impacted of all the main currency pairs by COVID. Took a big hit. You know, euro sterling moved back up above 90p. We traded higher than we had in, in the post-referendum period uh, above 93p. Uh, so sterling was most impacted then because I suppose it, the way it was viewed, the backdrop of Brexit made the UK economy more vulnerable and that impacted. Now, what's helped and sterling is the fact that the vaccine rollout there has been much more successful and even though it's a pretty basic free trade agreement at least the big risk of a no trade deal scenario for brexit is gone so that's supportive of sterling i think that from a euro perspective what will underpin it is that we need to see an improvement in the vaccine rollout and that's yeah. probably going to be the main driver there because you know as we as we keep saying the vaccine rollout will decide then in terms of how successful that is when you can open up your economies. Uh, and that's the key thing at the moment, you know, and, and for the near term, at least the Eurozone is still lagging very much behind both the UK and the US. And, and John, my last question for you. So uh, the AIB house view in terms of the currency pairs, I'm thinking Euro dollar, Euro sterling. We, we seem to be at the, the, the bottom of those levels or the top, depending on which side, I suppose, of the market you're on. But in terms of euro sterling, just around the 85p and euro dollar, uh, just below the 118. Um, in terms of our own view, do are we are we likely to move on that then in the couple in in the coming months or what's your own sense? Yeah, so in the last couple of weeks we've revised uh, our forecast because you have to look at where's the start, where's what what levels are you at at the moment in terms of euro euro dollar. So if we take euro against the dollar, as I said there first, you know we had expected at the start of the year to spend most of this year in a, for the pair to spend most of this year in a 120 to 125 trading range. Yeah. Uh, but given what, as I said there, in terms of the firming in US Fed rate hike expectations, uh, that's unlikely to be the case now. Uh, and we saw last week, you know, euro dollar test below that, that 118 level uh, and trading a 117 to, to 118 band. So, 
There is good support for the euro against the dollar in that 116 to 118 band. And for it to hold that ground, it will the EU will need to, and the eurozone specifically, will need to see a ramping up of the vaccine rollout. Now, we do expect that will happen. So it's not going to happen in the next week or so. But at some stage, you know, you, you would expect that the rollout of the vaccine will improve in the eurozone. So that will help underpin it. So for this, as we look over the next couple of quarters, Euro dollar in terms of levels, you know, we think it probably struggled to back get back up towards one twenty uh, before yeah. the end of the year. So we probably see it trading in somewhere in a in a one sixteen to one twenty trading range okay. uh, the next couple of quarters. Uh, for it to hold in that and not to fall any further below it, it will need the EU to to see improvement and the eurozone around the rollout of the vaccine. And we do think that's likely over the summer. In the near term, we think probably still a challenging backdrop. But as we move through, we do think that euro dollar could kind of gradually edge higher along that 116 to 120 range and from a euro sterling viewpoint uh, as i said we te- we're testing that 85p level at the moment there's fairly strong support within around 84 <coughs> 85p for for euro sterling and we also have to remember that you know there will be an impact from that fairly limited free trade agreement in the uk economy this year so it's been very successful in the vaccine rollout uh, but the uh, much more difficult trading relationship now in terms of ease of doing business with the EU will impact the UK economy. So our view is that euro sterling probably gradually edge higher as we move through the year, but 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 nothing major in terms of levels. We probably see it get back up towards 86, 87p in the second half of the year, uh, but not any huge swings either way. John, many thanks for the update and a big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. For those customers impacted by the pandemic, you can find details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.